three, two, one. You ready? Listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. I've got a review here for the new uh, film directed by uh, Edson Oda, his uh, directorial debut, uh, a film called Nine Days, which he also uh, wrote. And before we kind of get into this, um, into the film... When I started the podcast um, with uh, my friends Colin and Scott, uh, by the way, I love both of you so, so much. Uh, We'll have Scott back on the podcast here uh, probably October-ish. But when I started the podcast, I always said that no matter how ugly, um, how terrible at points, that I always wanted our views to be uh, transparent. I always wanted our views to be, uh, as the title says, real. And I will just say for myself, um, uh, I'm not doing well, guys, um, guys and gals and uh, non-binary pals. Uh, shout out to uh, Nathan over at Mission Potable for that. Um, I'm not okay. The last 18 months since COVID's been a thing has been really hard on not just the podcast, obviously, but uh, honestly on myself. Um, I didn't get to see my partner from October of last year till about March, April. Um, I really didn't see anyone. And my day job, because unfortunately this is not my day job yet, but my day job has been very, I will say, uh, unappreciative of my work. And I've just been struggling in, in general and being really angry and being really frustrated and being really sad um, with how certain things are going and and just seeing how the world is almost eating itself and everything. It's just been, it's been hard uh, to to be very transparent. It's been really hard. It's been really difficult. And when I, I think I've talked about this, but when I, originally moved out to uh, here to uh, Nevada, one of the reasons why the podcast got started was really because I was in a place that I wasn't happy to be in. I was in a very uncomfortable, um, dark place. And I've talked about mental health on the podcast before, but I really was in this place that I wasn't comfortable being in. And so luckily, you know, Colin has been... One of my best friends for, oh God, uh, God, 22 years now. And uh, Scott, you know, I've known Scott for almost a decade. And I am so grateful, as I just mentioned, uh, for both uh, for both of them. Uh, I, I love them both so much. But we really started the podcast kind of as a joke, <laughs> really. Kind of this, you know, sense of brotherhood. And, you know, hey, we'll cook dinner for each other or watch a movie together. We'll... You know, and we'll, you know, talk about it and just, you know, it was kind of a thing almost just for us. And then it kind of has morphed slowly into what it currently is. And, you know, as it continues to evolve, it'll evolve into whatever the next stages are. But all that to say, 
and I, and I really hope everyone hears me when I say this, it's okay to not be okay. You know, everyone has those days. And I have been incredibly blessed after, and if I start crying, I, uh, oh, um, if I didn't have my partner, uh, my amazing partner, Alea, if I didn't have, uh, you know, my roommate, James, if I didn't have uh, Samuel L. Katzen, um, and along with, you know, other friends of mine, uh, I, I could go down a whole fucking list, but I don't know where I would be without certain people in my life. And I'm just incredibly grateful for the people who are here. And to tie that to the film, the thing I love the most about this film is that it really talks about life. Life is not easy. Life is fucking hard. And this movie really talks about that in a way that I'm going to compare it to this film because I think it's very apropos. It One of Robin Williams, and I, it's it's been about seven years since we lost Robin Williams, which um, I believe was like two days ago, uh, was the seven-year anniversary. And Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors of all time. I, I, I think the man was a, sorry, think, I know the man was a fucking genius. Um, if you haven't seen his stand-up, which I think people forget that he did stand-up, especially his younger fans, I would highly recommend uh, looking up his stand-up. Um, he, uh, Robin Williams had some incredible uh, stand-up specials. The, the, man, the man was just special, you know? And I, I really think that we, uh, we don't appreciate that aspect of his work. Um, if you need a starting point, I would say Weapons of Self-Destruction would be a great one. But really, outside of my, if I didn't have my partner, I didn't have my friends, and Mr. Katzen, I don't know where I would be. And the way this movie talks about life, in a way that I don't think a lot of films get life, I, I just found that incredibly admirable. And to kind of just jump in here, Winston Duke, uh, he goes ahead and plays uh, a character named Will. And Winston Duke, you know, Mbaku uh, himself, one thing I love about this brother is that he is, he's not settling for any one role. He's definitely taking risks. Um, this is a risky movie because when I think about, uh, when I was talking back to Robin Williams, when I think about something like What Dreams May Come, which I think is an underrated film, it's not a great film because I think there are some, some pacing issues and just some script stuff I'm not crazy about. But one of the things I love about the film is not just the cinematography and the score, but Williams, I think, gives an incredibly earnest and powerful performance. And I would say Winston Duke's will is the evolution of that. I think Winston Duke is not just perfect in this role, but I think he's award uh, worthy in this role. I, I think Winston Duke is absolutely incredible, and this should be right along there with his uh you know his dual portrayal in us which again i don't think he gets enough credit for um the man is just special and i love how he portrays will in this movie because this film really does show the bitterness of life and how one person or just even you know a group of people can go ahead and help elevate not just your mental state but just your state of being and Something that I love about Will is that 
he has a confidant that he works with, uh, this guy, uh, Kayo, uh, who's played by Benedict Wong, who, can we just, can we just go ahead and talk about how great Benedict Wong is in general? I just, I fucking love that dude. I know a lot of people go, you know, obviously would go, oh, doc, you know, Doctor Strange, we love Benedict Wong. But he was great uh, as a Tong in Raya and the Last Dragon. He was actually my favorite part outside of Will Smith and Gemini, uh, man, even more so than Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I thought he was great in that. Um, he's great in uh, Annihilation, which is another movie that I think people forget he was in. Um, even Prometheus, uh, Sunshine, which is one of the best sci-fi films maybe ever made. Uh, damn sure one of the best ones in the last 20 years. I fucking love Sunshine. But the way that Benedict Wong's uh, Kayo and Will play off each other, it really is almost this Dante's Inferno-esque conversation where they're really almost debating the not just the ability of life but the uh the validity of life and is life worth living which is such an insanely complex question <laughs> to take on over a two-hour film and yet i think the film while it doesn't give you you know it doesn't put a giant stamp like yes it's absolutely worth to live it does talk about how hard life is the thing i love one of the things i love about this film so much is that will has this very much this god complex and there are these moments in the film where it does you know it definitely does tie to religion as far as you know is you know as far as you know a laugh afterlife and everything so the concept of the film is that will is taking on uh studies essentially he's taking on uh several people who are being almost uh survivor style eliminated uh, in the sense of their being considered for, as he puts it, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go ahead and live. And the way that the film kind of explains it early on, it goes, look, if you're selected, you're not going to remember me, you're not going to remember, you know, any of your time here. You're going to live. And it's a really interesting notion. It does very much have Truman Show uh, Loki vibes to it. I I, I just rewatched Loki because I'm reviewing it this weekend. So wait, you know, leave me alone. But I, but I love the way that that's kind of the premise from Jump. And Will is one of those people who has to be in control. He's very much a control freak. Even when people kind of show up, you know, he asks them. But it's almost in a demanding sense of, may I call you? Uh, you know, he asks this one lady, can I call you Anne? It's, it's an interesting dynamic, him putting that power as far as, you know, giving people just their name. I mean, it's a subtle thing, but it is an important thing. And it does really illustrate his character in a way that I went, huh, I really, I really like that. So I will say for the film, it's a very slow burn. But, and I'm going to sound pretentious as hell <laughs> as I say this. We need more slow burn movies like this. We need more thinking movies where you are going to, this is going to kind of stick with you for a little while. You know, just reviewing uh, The Suicide Squad with my amazing friend, Alyssa. Alyssa, I love you. This is the total opposite of that movie. And I kind of love that it's the opposite that, you know, in the same week I saw Suicide Squad, I did see this. And I, I actually watched this about a week ago. And I've really been sitting on the review because I really wanted to, kind of digest the film it's one of those films i felt that needed uh a rewatch so i actually watched this twice 
and really kind of dwelled on it and really meditated on it. And there's a scene where Will sets up this whole conversation, this uh, scenario about your son, uh, if you had a child, your son being on this chair. And I don't want to get too much into it, but basically it's a question of would you save your son or not? And it's a really interesting dynamic. And the whole kind of experiment is kind of thrown into a bit of uh, a bit of a tailspin when Emma shows up, who's played by Zazie Beats. I don't need to go through Zazie Beats's uh, resume, but I love Zazie Beats, so fuck it, I'm gonna go through her resume. Uh, of course, you know you think about uh, you think about Deadpool two as Domino, which, by the way, uh, Marvel, please bring back. Uh, bring her back as Domino because she was absolutely amazing. Uh, she's great in uh, Chance the Rapper's Slice. I really actually enjoy that movie. Um, f- even though I think she's underwritten, she's great in Joker. Um, obviously, you know her, of course, from uh, you know from Atlanta because she's amazing on Atlanta. Zazie Beats is special. She's a genuinely special special actress and a, I would say a once-in-a-generation uh, talent. She is special and we need to treat Zazie Beats as such and put some respect on her fucking name. I fucking love Zazie Beats. And to my knowledge, this is the first time Winston Duke and Zazie Beats have worked together, but you would not know it from watching this film. And that is really the core kind of relationship in the film is her and Will. And through the eyes of Emma, we are able to discover more about Winston Duke's will. And the reason I'm kind of dancing around this is because this is one of those films I really want people to go ahead and discover shit from themselves. You know, it's one of those films where I go, yeah, if I kind of go down this road, I would be getting probably more in the spoiler territory than I would really want to. And I don't want that with this movie. I really want people to go ahead and discover this from themselves what i will say is that there's a great almost a mental game of chess between emma and will because will has a very hard exterior he's very much a control freak he needs everything a certain way uh very dexter morgan in that sense and what i love about that is that while emma starts to kind of find ways uh very in a very clever sense, by the way, to go ahead and discover more of who Will is. We get to learn more about him as the audience, and then you kind of see the walls closing on this whole experiment. It's a really fascinating dynamic that her uh, that her and Will have. There is this shot, and I and I time stamped it specifically because it's one of my favorite shots in a film all year. There's this amazing shot where Will's in this office where he has. I'll, I'll be conservative and say dozens, but it might even be hundreds of, uh, he has this office where he has all these uh, filing cabinets of, you know, these people, these subjects that he's gone ahead and worked with. And, you know, some have gotten life, some haven't. And to see how organized Will is and to see how long he's been doing this, which I will spoil, we don't really get an answer to that. And I actually like that the film will, the film will answer a lot. But it's not going to give you every answer. And to be honest, you don't need every answer to enjoy this film for where it uh, uh, for where it uh, kind of leaves you. Um, the film itself has just a couple moments that I just found 
not not a couple. I, there are several moments I found fascinating, but that timestamp I mentioned that thirty six. It's at the thirty six minute and eleven second point where there's a shot of Will in his office in the darkness, and there's a shot of uh, Zazie beats his Emma in this hallway, and the way the lighting is done, it is a fucking perfect shot. It's one of my favorite shots in a film all year. I love the way. I love the way that that's done. And there are so many moments where the cinematography is just next level. And I just go, my God, this is just a marvel to to really look at. The other thing I really love about this movie is that uh, Kayo and Will, they are really a sense of checks and balances, but a manipulative uh, checks and balances in the sense that Will really is the one who is making the machine go as it were but kayo is the person who's there to kind of be almost the alfred to his batman to kind of you know put him in check and they have a couple conversations early on in the film that feel very kind of not uh, i would say playful but a little a little aggressively pay, uh, playful but there is this point and you'll kind of know it when you get there where the film does get more intense and where their conversations get more aggressive. And I love the way that Benedict Wong and Winston Duke do play off each other. And it's one of those things that I went, wow, I I really love how dark at points this film does get. One thing I will give away is that for the people who are not chosen, they get to basically have a moment before they essentially just fade away. And there is this one moment, uh, this is one moment of this uh, lady uh, where she's riding a bike. And that's all I'll say. And it genuinely brought me to tears. And when I say tears, I mean, I was weeping, like ugly crying, like, uh, you know, girls at the end of the notebook crying. I, uh, <laughs> I just, it hit me in the spot that I just went, wow, I didn't know that you would go here. And it leads to an interesting dynamic of, you know, what is that last moment, you know, before we die that we remember? Is that what the movie's uh, representing? I think that's what the film's representing, but I'd love to know what, you know, all of you out there think when you do see this film. There is this point in the last bit of the film, especially when it gets to the finale and where it ends up. And I can understand where, where some people would go, I want more answers. But to be honest, I don't think that's the point of the film. At the end of the day, I really think that this film is not just a breakdown of what life can be, but it's a celebration of what life is. Uh, all of the warts and all. Life is hard. Life is an incredibly hard thing, and I don't think that, you know, I know we've gone through the, we're going through this pandemic and everything, but I really believe that more so than before, even on a, you know, the public discourse is really showing how difficult life is. And by the way, to all those, uh, all those people who have been working in hospitals and trying to help keep this insane virus in check and just helping people we we can never thank you enough you should be getting paid more by the way but 
we can never thank you enough for everything that you've done. And Will, there's just this point where you see his control being grabbed away from him. And you just go, wow, okay. There is, <coughs> there is a letter that Will does get uh, at a point in the film. And this letter is just so beautiful. And it's so heartbreaking. And it is just one of these things where you go, my God, I don't know how this film is so well written and how it's checking so many boxes. It just, it's incredibly well done. One thing I love about this film between uh, that it actually has in common with the Suicide Squad is that the transitions between scenes are just so incredibly well done. There's this point where Will is moving away from Emma and he slams this door and it leads, it transitions immediately into uh, Kane, who's played by Bill Skarsgård, who is amazing here, where it uh, it goes ahead and transitions to him just sitting down watching people on the TV because that's what Will does. And it's just this fast, there are so many, there are multiple points in the film where it has a shot. Like that, a tra- like a transition to another scene, and you just go, holy crap, okay. The one thing I will spoil, or one of the things I'll spoil, is there's a character, Alexander, who's played by Tony Hale. You, of course, know him from Veep, Arrested Development. Uh, he's voiced the Joker in several DC animated properties. Uh, Tony Hale's the shit. Fucking love this dude. And he has this conversation with Will, and my god, the conversation is dark it's heavy, and it's just one of these things where I went, yeah, I love this. <laughs> it It's one of those moments where I went, I just love everything about this movie. Uh, it's just, it's an incredibly, incredibly well done film, and honestly something that I will be watching um, multiple times. I don't see a world where this isn't on my best of and to be honest it's one it's one of these films that you know i watch it and i go this is why i love film because film has the power to not just motivate you to not just drive you to not you know make you just want to reach out to that person you haven't talked to in a while it has this ability to get you out of bed in the morning and to all of us who are struggling to all of us that are just weary to all of us who are just living i would just say you're enough you're wonderful and please know that you're loved and that this world is better with you um ah, just know that this world is better with you in it and at the end of the day i think that's what this movie is trying to say that this that life is something to be celebrated even when it's shitty and my God, I cannot wait to watch this again. I can't wait to own this. I don't know when it comes. I believe it comes out. I think it's in theaters now, actually, if memory serves. So um, I would check to see if you can go ahead and watch this because this movie is well worth your time. As far as a complaint, I don't really have any. Like, I'm sitting here thinking about it. And yeah, as I think about it, I go, no, cinematography is great. thought the script was great. Everyone in this film... And the budget's small in this movie. It's like $10 million. But, and this is kind of a weird comparison, but stick, stay with me here. This, for me, is this year's uh, Minari. 
in the sense that it's a movie that I think the score is absolutely perfect. I think the script, you know, talks about the American dream. But this film really is about just understanding that life is hard, but you should be celebrated for just getting out of fucking bed in the morning. Like, that's a win. That's a win to start your day. And I just love the passion of this film. It felt very much like uh, Edison Oda really had a lot to say. And making this his, his directorial debut, he's really just done shorts. That's really all he's done. Um, but for him to go ahead and step up to the plate like this in his first uh, in his first directorial debut, it's a, that's a it's a hell of a swing, man. And I just I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that this film exists, and I'm so happy that people are going to get a chance to enjoy this film and really go ahead and celebrate it because it should be celebrated. Uh, Winston Duke was a uh, producer on this, and uh, great job by the way on that front. Um, the cinematographer, I have to give a shout out to. Uh, this was a Wyatt Garfield, and I was sitting here thinking, I was like, why do I know that name? He was a cinematographer as well on uh, Beast, uh, Beast of the Southern Wild, which if you've not seen that, oh my God, please watch that movie. But I was so happy for everyone involved with this film because this film is just so well done from start to finish. It felt like everyone understood the job that they had to do with this movie. Um, the music is done by uh, Antonio Pinto. He has worked on films uh, in the music uh, realm, such as uh, Collateral, which uh, the music in Collateral is fucking great. Uh, he worked on uh, a couple of things I just don't, I'm not super familiar with. Uh, he was, uh, he worked on uh, McFarlane USA, which I have seen, and uh, the Amy Winehouse documentary Amy, which is incredibly well done as well. But I'm just such a fan of everything in this film. It makes me so happy that this film exists. This is a fan-fucking-tastic to the highest degree. If you've not seen this movie, please make a point to see it, even if you need to wait uh, to rent it. But watch this movie. Watch this movie as soon as you can. It is well worth your time, and I don't see a world where it's not on my best stuff. But everyone, nine days. Have you seen it? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments below. Uh, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. And you can follow Colm on Twitter at therealoneal. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Tune Up at The Real Pineapple. Don't forget to find us on YouTube as well now at The Real Pineapple. And you can find uh, like both our uh, pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. I'm going to be hopping on Twitch at some point, I promise. Uh, like both pages so you can be up to date on when that is going to happen. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We're going to have reviews up uh, this weekend for Pig. I'm so excited to watch that fucking movie. As well as a Loki Season 1. I've got a lot to say about uh, about that show. And uh, we'll have some other stuff coming down the pipeline here soon, uh, including a review for Free Guy, as well as uh, Respect, which I'm hearing mixed reviews on, so hopefully it's good. But everyone, I just want to say again, in closing, you're enough. 
You're wonderful. You're special. And thank you for taking part of your day to listen to the ramblings of a uh, emotional black man. But um, I love you all very, very much. Please stay safe out there. Get your vaccine shot if you haven't gotten it. Wear your mask. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon.